Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. We're going to take a little bit of a lighter approach today on this Focal Point Friday and uh, just do some garden updates about what's going on in my gardens. I know oftentimes I am very detailed in some of the descriptions that I do and some of the topics that I cover, and that may seem a bit heavy at times. So I've opted today to just give you an update on what's going on out here in our gardens, and hopefully you can relate to some of this or commiserate (laughs) with some of it. And, uh, Maybe you can touch base with me and let me know what's going on in your garden. So as a refresher, we actually do run um, market gardens out here on our place. And on our farm, um, we have dedicated about four acres of planting area specifically to uh, fresh produce for our CSA program and for our um, farmer's market stands. Not all of that is in full production um, it, those are just the areas that we have designated um, on the farm for for growing. And right now, um, not all of the beds that are in those uh, garden areas are in production. Some of them are actually in cover crops this year because we needed to build a little bit of soil fertility and a little bit of uh, uh, soil organic matter back into some beds. And so those have been taken out of production and they are planted to cover crops, a mix of um, oats and peas. And I can't remember, it might be a clover um, or a, a hairy vetch or something that's uh, that's in that mix. I can't remember, but um, those aren't aren't being used at the moment. But everything else is, is pretty much rocking and rolling right now. Um, we are in West Central Missouri. That's USDA Hardiness Zone 6A. Our usual last frost is between April 14th and April 24th usually. And it got down to 36 degrees Fahrenheit here this week. So, you know, that did see some frost in some areas. Uh, it's It's been unusually chilly. Um, our overnight lows right now are still in the uh, anywhere from the low 40s to the low 50s. That that 36 was a little bit of a, of a drop. Um, thankfully, we didn't have any frost. Uh, there were some that did, though. And um, the soil temperatures are kind of hovering around 60 degrees or so for any soil that's uncovered, around 67 Fahrenheit for anything that has been either covered with the mulch or covered with landscape fabric. And that's at about a four inch depth. The six inch depths are significantly colder depending on which field we're in. So a little bit of a chilly start to the season. Now, of course, you know, if you are in zones that are further north of us, uh, that's nothing unusual. You guys are probably used to this. As a matter of fact, uh, maybe even a little bit colder than that. And um, I know I have family in um, the Colorado Springs area and they, of course, are still seeing snow. 
and some overnight temperatures um, in consistently into the 30s, and then you know maybe highs of 80 something. So, but that's that's pretty normal for their area too. So, um, a little bit on the cooler side right now for us. In the ground, we've already got uh, lettuces, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, bok choy, carrots, radishes, sweet peas, and snow peas, uh, spinach, spicy spring mix, beets and chard, onions, our perennial strawberries, the garlic planted from last fall, and the early crop of, uh, or a first early planting of green beans, an early planting of sweet corn, and our potatoes. What's in process right now is all of our warm weather stuff. Our warm weather crops are going in right now. Uh, the tomatoes, peppers, and eggplant, the tomatillos, sweet potatoes, another round of green beans, more sweet corn, all the squashes, so zucchini and yellow squash and patty pan or scallop squash. And then all of the melons will be following behind that. That's the cantaloupe, watermelon, honeydew, uh, crenshaw and canary melons, and then okra. And this year we're doing celery. And I know celery generally isn't considered like a warm weather crop. Um, that's why it does so well further north. But I also know it's a little bit temperamental when it comes to the temperatures being too cool. So we've opted to um, grow it and let it get to a really decent size before transplanting out into the gardens. And then I'm going to transplant it into a field that gets afternoon shade. So I'm hopeful that it will be uh, cool enough in the afternoon for it to do okay, but warm enough when transplanting into the ground so whether it doesn't get, you know, sort of stunted or shocked. With that being said, everything is behind out here. Um, you know, the low temps have pretty much meant that things are proceeding really slowly, at least with the things that are um, warm temperatured. And we quite literally are just now getting our warm weather crops in the ground. And it's it's slow going. Um, the lettuces, the leafy greens, all of those things are super, uh, super happy right now. And um, the broccoli, you know, some of it bolted. Um, and so if you remember, we talked about in the broccoli episode, you know, it's okay if, if that broccoli bolts, just go ahead and cut that little center head off uh, to encourage those side shoots, which is, is exactly what I did. And I um, am now starting to see some of those side shoots coming on. And then the rest of the broccoli that was a little bit younger than that batch all looks fabulous. The cauliflower all looks great. The cabbages are trying to, uh, to form their heads. Um, the sweet peas are battling the deer right now. <laughs> We've got a lot of deer out here. And no matter what I do to try to protect those, those peas, they just seem to attract the deer who want to walk along the trellises and just eat the tops right off the top of them. The only, uh, the only peas that are doing better than that right now are the snow peas. And that's quite literally because I didn't have enough trellis when I was planting those peas. And so they are actually sprawling on the ground right now and they have row cover over them. So the deer can't get to them and they're flowering. <laughs> the other, the sweet peas, they're not flowering. I think the deer keep taking the tops off of those. So um, we are going to be putting up some high tunnels out here. We have actually had high tunnels. Um, and if you're not familiar with high tunnels, they are 
sort of um, hoop-shaped structures that are covered with greenhouse plastic that um, allow you to plant directly into the ground, but they're not heated in any way. They're they're generally, um, you know, just passively solar heated. Um, but you can plant directly into the soil. And so it heats the soil warmer uh, earlier in the spring. It gives you a protected culture to grow in. It extends your season later in the fall, keeping them warmer. And I think something like that might be necessary for us to be able to just, you know, plant sweet peas and and other things that the, the deer really like just to avoid them um, eating them all the time. So that's, uh, I think, going to be have to be the plan for next year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We also are already battling um, striped cucumber beetles in our zucchini. And those zucchini plants were just recently transplanted. And, you know, they need some time to be able to get settled in and to get rooted and to really get their strength back after being transplanted. And so before that happens that's a really good time for any type of a, an insect pest um, to come in and take advantage of that because, you know, the, the plant is not as easily able to defend itself against insect predators at that point. So of course, you know, got those zucchini planted and two, three days later, I'm immediately seeing these uh, striped cucumber beetles popping up and all over the place. So that's uh that's the one thing that we're dealing with there. I used some um, first Saturday lime out there today to keep those little buggers away, and they certainly didn't like that. So I uh, gave it a good a good shaking over top there, and and hopefully we'll we'll be able to keep battling battling those successfully. Um, the other thing that's growing really well out here right now is weeds. <laughs> there's, you know, there's just not enough time in the day when you grow on the scale that we do. And let's be honest, even, you know, for a home garden, that's not a hundred percent of what you're doing, you know, with your time, your, your sole focus is not your garden. I wish, you know, Hey, it, that'd be nice if it, if it could be, but you know, we have lives and jobs and kids and, and, you know, responsibilities to take care of and we can't spend 100% of our time out in the garden. So, you know, that sometimes things just don't get done in a timely manner. And so for us, it really was more about, you know, not quite having enough mulch in some of the spots. We use the compost as a mulch um, and we've had some, some weed pressure, you know, popping up through that. Um, we also had some areas where um, we had to turn the soil over. And of course that brought the weed seeds to the surface. And so the, we're getting some weed pressure in those beds. Um, my flame weeder that I love to use before, um, planting in, in some of these beds, um, was not fully operational at the time that I needed it. And I just needed to get the stuff planted. And so we're getting some weed pressure in those beds as well, which, you know, Hey, it happens. Um, sometimes done is better than perfect and we needed to get it done. So 
The good news is the row covers that we're using to cover all of our um, our crops that are really susceptible to insect pressure are doing a great job of keeping that insect pest pressure down. So I'm not seeing any evidence of cabbage moths. I'm not seeing flea beetles. I'm not seeing... Um, uh, I haven't seen any squash bugs yet, but I'm sure they're on their way. Um, and we actually don't have the zucchini covered at this point. And if if I had covered them immediately upon planting them, I, we might have been able to exclude those striped uh, cucumber beetles. I'm not certain. I, I have several more rounds of squashes to put in the ground. And so I very well may put row covers over those when I plant them to see if I can exclude those cucumber beetles from that next planting and see if that works better. Um, you know, it's gardening is always an experiment. You know, if you try something and it, and it doesn't work well, make a notation in your journal and, and, you know, try something different. Or if you have a large enough area and you can sort of experiment between, um, different, you know, ways of either covering or protecting or trellising um, your different crops, then go for it. Try those things. One of the things that we might experiment with um, in the zucchini is uh, trellising them. You know, there's, um, I actually suggested this to a client the other day. It's a little bit more of an advanced technique, but it's actually a really good way to get more room in your garden for additional zucchini plants if you want them. Um, and it's basically by trellising them to a stake, similarly to the way that you would trellis or tie up tomato plants. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at doing something similar to that, but really doing it more like how we do our tomato plants, with which is with uh, what we call a Florida weave, which is taking... Um, twine and wrapping kind of in between each of the tomato plants um, and sort of sandwiching them um, between these these rows of, of twine uh, to hold them up against the stakes. And uh, I'm considering doing the same thing with one patch of our zucchini to help with some airflow underneath them, maybe be able to plant them a little bit more closely together. So, you know, I mean, like I said, we're always experimenting out here. I totally encourage you to experiment with them as well. Um, you know, different ideas are fun to try and it's not going to harm anything if you give it a go. So, um, yeah, so that's what's going on out here. Um, the days are getting longer. Our work days are getting longer, <laughs> but it, it honestly, you know, doesn't mean that I enjoy it. Um, any less. Yes, it's hard work. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people sit and dream and, and wish that they could do what it is that I do, which is, you know, I get to play in my garden all day long. Um, it's hard work, uh, especially, like I said, on the scale that, that we do it at, but um, we absolutely enjoy it. I absolutely enjoy it. I can't necessarily speak for my husband, but I, but I absolutely enjoy it. Um, and it's, it's like, you know, growing four ginormous gardens, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the year round, you know, we're, we're planting at least probably, you know, eight, eight months out of the year. And, and we're always looking at ways to extend that season. So that's what's going on out here in our gardens. And I would love to hear about what is going on in your gardens, especially if you are in an area that is really different from where it is that I'm, you know, I'm growing. So if you're in a more tropical climate or if you are in a much, much cooler climate, um, I would love to hear 
you know, what's going on, what's in your gardens, what's your weather looking like. Or, you know, if you're in another area of the country that is also considered USDA zone 6A, but your, you know, climate right now or your temperatures right now look vastly different from what we're seeing, I would love to hear about that too. Um, and hey, for those of you who are uh, growing in or listening to this in other countries and, and growing out there, I would certainly love to hear about what types of pest pressure and weed pressure and, and you know, climate problems that or issues that you're dealing with in your gardens right now. So uh, you can leave a message at the, the link in the show notes um, for a voice message. You can send me an email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com, or you can go to the website and use the contact page there. That's also all the ways that you can send me your gardening questions for our next Can You Dig It episode um, and leave uh, feedback or maybe even tell me what the next thing you would like to hear about. Um, you know, Garden Talk Tuesdays, we're always digging deep into uh, very specific topics. And so that's why I figured today would make it, we'd take it a little bit easy and just kind of chit chat about what's going on in the garden. So uh, reach out to me, let me know what you want to talk about, and uh, let me know what's going on in your garden. So until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden, and I will talk to you again soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. I hope these episodes are helping you understand more about how to grow your own food and maybe growing an awareness of food issues in general. Just remember, no matter where you live or what you have, you can absolutely grow something.